Hello and welcome to Clout, a podcast profiling Australia's future leaders in Asia. I'm Lucy Duke. And I'm Brodie Burns-Williamson. Thanks for joining us. Each week, we talk to Aussies making an impact in their community to learn about the dash of language, the pinch of culture, and the blind luck that led them to where they are today. We ask our guests to take us on their journey to Asia capability by sharing with us their choice of food, song, show, and person to help us understand what being an Aussie with clout is all about. My guest today is Matthew Wong, an entrepreneur with interests in hospitality, education, and real estate. Matt's an Aussie-born Malaysian Chinese who grew up in Sydney. As a young professional, he moved to Beijing in 2008 to get out of his comfort zone, which lasted for 10 years. I met Matt in Beijing in 2014 when I had moved to undertake a leadership scholarship and Matt was working on the family business that provided experiential learning opportunities for foreigners to get a taste for China in a meaningful way. But what made me want to stay in touch with Matt was when he told me he also ran an Aussie pie shop called Two Guys and a Pie. And as a new Aussie in China, that was very exciting. We asked Matt today to take us on his journey to Asia capability by nominating a food, a song, a TV show, and person that help us understand what being an Aussie with clout is all about. Before we get to all that, please tell us about how you decided to start up a Aussie pie shop pretty shortly after you arrived in China. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for uh, having us as your guest. The idea for opening up uh, Two Guys in a Pie, it actually originated when I was just having a chat to a fellow Australian called Andrew that I met over there. And we were bonding over the fact that we both love a pie, (laughs) but we couldn't find a meat pie over there. There were no pies. Yeah, there weren't any. And then we thought that'd actually be a great idea. Why don't we be the ones to to do something about it? And I don't have any uh, culinary... uh, training my background is purely uh your fast foods like your your kfc's (laughs) and starbucks and all that but i do love to cook anyway we thought it'd be a great idea and so we uh just experimented with recipes we looked it up we committed to buying a pie making machine from the uk let me just read trace as well actually uh so when i uh had been living in beijing for about half a year, I would say, and I knew that I wasn't going back anytime soon. When I went back to Australia, I actually brought back a few dozen frozen uh, 4 and 20s. No way. Yeah, so I I, uh, sneakily uh, packed them into the the suitcase. Wow, Uh, and they stayed? Yeah, yeah, yes, with with a few ice packs, I managed to make it work. And, yeah, that was, I guess, the, the lightning the, the, the light the bulb moment where it's just like there's got to be an easier way to get my pie fixed there. Yeah, where you started selling so. your pies for 100 RMB to your neighbors <laughs> and friends. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, pies in China, you know, there wasn't anything that quite replicated, you know, the, the Aussie pie, which is mm. which is one of the, I guess, comfort foods that Aussies want to have when mm-hmm. they're overseas. You know, China does have their own comparable items so that they have the uh, 
Xianbing, which is also a meat-filled mm-hmm. pastry. They have uh, the Roubing, the Roujamo. Mm-hmm. I, I know you're a big fan of, of the Roujamo. Big fan of Roujamo. Yeah. yeah. Or just an apple pie at, at McDonald's. Those were probably the, the closest uh, things. So, yeah, it was really twofold for why we wanted to open up two guys in a pie. The first the first part was the selfish reasons for us to get our pie fix and for fellow Aussies. And the second part was also to introduce some Australian culture to China mm. and, and other foreigners who may not have had much exposure to Australian culture or pies. Nice. And how was the reception to Australian pies? Yeah, no, it went it went really well. So after we had been experimenting with recipes, there's a, a publication slash forum called The Beijinger where a lot of foreigners turn to as, as a resource for, you know, events, mm-hmm. places to eat and all that. And we just put up a post like, hey, you know, we, we got some meat pies that we're just, you know, wanting some feedback on and then there was there was a mass reception for that and yeah from then on you know it was burning the midnight oil uh, <laughs> making pies you know as as a it was it was a moonlighting thing you know we we both had full full-time <laughs> yeah. jobs and that went quite well we were just delivering frozen pies to people and it got to a point where we thought you know there's there's enough demand for this let's open up a pie shop so we ended up opening up a pie shop right right in the middle of the the bar district mm-hmm. of Beijing which is called Sunli Tun and somewhat inspired by Harry's Cafe de Wheels if if people uh, have come across that it's it's a famous um late night pie haunt of people in in uh Australia so we were yeah open till gosh 3am 4am wow. on Friday Saturday night <laughs> and yeah Handling customers of all of, of various uh, states, I would say. <laughs> so, yes. But very, very happy after their pie fix, yes. Amazing. Mm. Well, this is a natural segue to our first nomination mm-hmm. for food. What have you nominated for us today? Oh, this is a tough one. It's like asking someone to name their favorite kid. There's just so many delicious foods in China, but I'm going to narrow it down to one of my go-tos, uh, especially when I first first got there. Mm. It was just very relatable, which is called uh, chua, and specifically the young roll chua, which is a lamb skewer. Mm-hmm. I believe it originates from uh, Xinjiang. Mm-hmm. So the, the a typical young roll chua would be yeah, pieces of lamb and skewered onto a stick and seasoned with all sorts of things, but de- definitely um, cumin mm-hmm. and paprika would be would be on mm. it. It's considered a street food, and you would just see people just on the sides of the streets barbecuing it, and it just smells delicious. Mm. And yeah, just after you know having a couple of drinks, or just if you're not overly hungry, but just just want to have a snack, it's it was just the perfect uh, in between. Mm-hmm item and yeah as someone with a malaysian background it to me that was comparable to satays yeah um, and yeah Definitely. and just as, as an aussies we we all love a barbecue so you know if, if you see someone just just cooking meat over flame it's yeah it's true hard to resist definitely drawn to it i remember yeah. those days years yeah. on a street corner at any given exactly, time exactly and I, I love this there are 
the sign. So at, at nighttime, they'll, the, the sellers, they'll often have a character for the chua, mm-hmm. which literally looks like a chua. It's just a vertical line with two rectangles uh, intersecting true. it. That's and true. yeah, it's just so from, from far away down the street, you can see the sign and yeah, you gravitate to it. That's amazing. Yeah. I've never thought about mm. the character. You'll be able to recognize it, even not being able to um, read Chinese. Exactly. Well, I think your love of food naturally leads us to your next nomination. What TV show have you picked for us? It does, yes. So I'm, I'm a big foodie and most foodies wouldn't be very familiar of this person. Unfortunately, they're, they're not around anymore. But, uh, yeah, his name is Anthony Bourdain and he filmed a number of uh, TV shows, really uh, an intersection between travel and food, culture and people. Just really enjoyed his shows because he just didn't sugarcoat things and he had a bit of a, a punk rock spirit about him. I was really into that kind of music at high school. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, he really did a good job of just helping bridge the gap and helping transport people at home watching on the TV. He just He just takes them into this foreign country that they might have no idea about mm-hmm. and he just makes it, he just explains things in a very relatable way and it doesn't hurt the fact that there's food involved. Um, people got to eat. So, yeah. So before I went over to made the move to Beijing. So I hadn't actually been to China. I'd, I'd been to mainland China, let me say. I'd been to Hong Kong. Mm. I'd been to other countries in, in Asia. I'd been to the US, but I hadn't been to mainland China. So I had no idea what to expect. I didn't speak Mandarin. Mm. I, I spoke a little bit of Cantonese. So that was really the only background that I had. So my homework to prepare for <laughs> making the jump to Beijing was actually to watch a few episodes of Anthony Bourdain's Travels to China. Nice. And, yeah, that just made, it just made things feel like, oh, everything's going to be okay. You know, he he can. Relatable. Yeah, he he can handle it. He was a bigger fish out of water than, than me, but he, you know, made it work. And that, and also the food just looked Amazing. So mm. the dumplings, the the noodles, the Peking duck, just all the things that were featured on, on the show looked mm-hmm. so delicious and I just could not wait to set foot in Beijing. Well, often in China when you get taken out to dinner by locals, the natural progression post-dinner is KTV or karaoke. It what is. What have you nominated as a song <laughs> for us today? So this is actually a true story. So yeah, so Chinese they they love to go to KTV as mm-hmm. as you would know that that would be the equivalent of Aussies wanting to go to the pub oh. or play sports, mm. right? So my choice is a musician called David Tao, and the background to why I've chosen him as my song of choice is actually when I was yeah freshly arrived in China and I was taken to my first. KTV experience and because I didn't speak Mandarin I wasn't looking to choose a Mandarin song and I was I was just sitting there listening to my my friends pick songs in Mandarin mm-hmm. and it's all very foreign to me and then all of a sudden this song by David Tao comes on and there's a couple of lines in English <laughs> in it and I'm like 
Okay, this is the first memorable song, and it, it, it's a catchy song. I as can well, sing to be, along to, to this. To be fair, yeah, I can I can sing along. This can be the song that I can try to memorize. It's slow, it's catchy, simple, and yeah, I, I thought this will be my my homework. The particular song is called "I Hen Gen Dun," which means love is simple, love is easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's have a listen. Let's do it. 忘了是怎么开始，也许就是对你有一种感觉。忽然间发现自己已深深爱上你，你真的很简单。的堤岸，天黑都已无所谓，是是非非无法抉择、哦，没有后悔，为爱日夜去跟随，那个疯狂的人是我。Are you confident to belt it out at karaoke? <laughs> I, I never got around to memorizing the full lyrics. But, uh, yeah, I, I picked up a few bits and pieces within the song. Yes, <laughs> but no, I'm not the greatest karaoke singer. I'm, I'm normally just uh, hiding in the shadows. Yeah, tambourine, tambourine. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Tam- tambourine or the backup singer to yeah, to someone sure. if they're really good. All right, and finally. Who have you nominated as a person you consider to have great clout? Yeah, so growing up, my favorite sport to both play and watch was tennis. And back then, there weren't a lot of tennis players with, with an Asian appearance. And in fact, my favorite player was Swedish, called Stefan Edberg. Anyhow, he lost to this person of clout called Michael Chang in the French Open final, and at the time I was mad because this Michael Chang beat my favorite player. But looking back, I think uh, everything happens for a reason,、mm. and that actually ended up being Michael Chang's only Grand Slam、wow. title, which in the tennis world is is a very big achievement.、Mm-hmm. Anyhow, Michael Chang was the only Asian playing professional tennis, or, or at least succeeding at that. Level、mm. that I could remember, so he was very unique in that sense. And the fact that he was able to do that, I just wonder how many future people he inspired. Because、mm. professional sports—that's not something that a lot of Asians typically aspire to, or、mm-hmm. for various reasons. Maybe they're discouraged by their their peers, or it's just not on their radar,、mm. or maybe they they don't think they have the, the athletic capability. Of others, so I thought that was really inspirational. And now in the sports world, you do see a lot more 
agencies you see in, in different sports, whether it be mm-hmm. basketball or or running or swimming, mm. baseball, and so on. So I think uh, in that sense, he he's been a bit of a, a trailblazer. Amazing. Mm. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thanks a lot for having us. 